And the theme this weekend is waiting with rejoicing. We've had waiting with faith because we know that God is real. We know that every promise he ever gave is real. We are waiting with faith. When he makes 7,000 promises to his children, 99% of them are not just true. 100% of them are true. And as we wait with faith, whether it's forgiveness of sins, or lo, I shall be with you always, or there is life after this life, whatever circumstance you and I bear this Christmas season, he has spoken pertaining to it. And such is our faith in him, that if the circumstances of this Christmas be such that it would rob you of joy, you know who walks with you in the valley. Pastor Shower last week, powerful sermon, waiting with hope, waiting with hope. He mentioned four words, uh, the saddest words in our vocabulary. I had hoped, do you remember? I had hoped. I had hoped that the addiction was done with. I had hoped that the cancer would stay in remission. I had hoped that the doctor's report would be different than it is. I had hoped that this job would work out. I had hoped that this promotion would come to me. I had hoped. If you have the babe of Bethlehem, you add a few words and it changes everything. I had hoped, but God is with me. Fair enough. I had hoped, but God is with me. Powerful sermon last week. And this week waiting with Rejoicing. In my day, in the old days, it was called a phone tree, right? You'd call somebody and you'd say, man, you got to call three other people and they can call five other people. And all of a sudden you got 50 people covered with your news. And those phone trees would be, you know, George got into the U of I or uh, Sammy got a, a scholarship to play in the orchestra those were the types of news that got on phone trees. Now you do what? Now you push a button and you send an email out to 500 of your closest friends. There are two items that never make phone trees, and there are two items that never make mass emails. Item number one, the sad one. You do not send out a mass email. You make phone calls to the 20 people closest to you, and you say to them, Dad just died. Or as I found out yesterday, my uncle has died. Heaven forbid, my son has passed, my daughter has passed. Those are pieces of news so close to your heart, you will not send a mass email out. You want to make the phone call. You want to hear that other person's voice. You want to hear immediately upon that news arriving that there is someone else on this earth Someone close to you, family or friend, who already begins to grieve with you and makes the promise that they will stand next to you. There is one other piece of news that does not go out by mass email. Not until certain people have been called and talked to. And that news is this. I'm going to have a baby. I'm going to have... A baby. And that news is so close to one's heart. And there is so much joy and there is so much excitement. There is so much 
nervousness wrapped up in those words that it has to be a phone call or it has to be a ring at someone's door and you go walking in and you deliver the news. Why? Because you want to see the joy on their face. You want to hear the excitement in their voice as they praise you for that news. I'm going to have a baby. Rejoice with me. Be excited with me. A baby is coming. My baby. Waiting with rejoicing. His name was Simeon. He makes the pages of the Bible. Luke chapter 2 verse 21. 84 years of age. And when the Virgin Mary comes with baby Jesus on the 40th day of his birth, she comes for the rite of purification in the temple. And old Simeon is standing in that temple. The Holy Spirit comes to him, taps him on the shoulder, says, Simeon, that baby there in that young girl's arms, he is the one. And Simeon knew the Lord and the Holy Spirit had spoken to him before. And he knows that this is no ordinary baby. Blessed is the birth of any child upon this earth. But old Simeon and the old prophet of Santa, they know that this is no ordinary baby. Out of Simeon's lips come these words. Let us now, thy servant, depart in peace. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation which thou hast prepared for all the worlds. Mine eyes have seen thy salvation, El Shaddai, which you have prepared for all the worlds. It's all the worlds. When uh, Jonathan Strand was born, that was a Strand baby for the Strand family. When Joshua came along three years later, that was a Strand baby for the Strand family. When the Jones family has a baby, that's for them. When the Smith family has a baby, that's the Smith baby for the Smith family. But not this baby. Not this child. Every anthem that has been sung, every scripture that has been read, the live nativity of last night, this baby is not a a strand baby for the strand family. This baby is for, as Simeon said, this baby is for all the worlds. This baby is, as Isaiah said, for all the worlds. This baby, Jesus, not a Jewish baby for the Jewish people, not a Gentile baby only for the Gentile people, not a baby for the rich, not a baby for the poor, Not a baby for the male or the female, the slave or the free, the Greek or the Jew. This baby is for all the worlds. I love that verse, Revelation chapter 7. It says that they stand before the throne of God. All the saints stand before the throne of God. And all the angels stand before the throne of God. And of the saints it says this. They are from every people, every nation, every tribe, every tongue. This baby was for all the worlds. And in heaven, it is represented by those who stand before the throne of God and before the Lamb.
This baby will be the way to God. This baby will be the truth of God. This baby will be life. Didn't he say that of himself? John fourteen six. I am the way. I am the truth. I am life. Abundant life on this earth, he said. Indeed, is it not so? You are filled with fear over some circumstance. And all of a sudden you open up the Bible or you hear a message or you hear a Christmas carol. And you are reminded that the circumstance does not control your life. You are reminded that the circumstance that exists is held in the hands of God himself. Isaiah put it this way. I know I'm going to walk through the fire while I'm on this earth, but I'll not be burned up. I know storms will come to me as I walk on this earth, but I will not be consumed by them. I know floods will come into my life, but I will not be drowned. Why? Because I rest in the palm of his hand. Jesus said it 700 years later, day before he dies, to his disciples, in this world, there will always be storms, fires, and floods. But take heart, I've already overcome them before they ever come to you. Let my peace be yours. Not just abundant life on this earth, but for those who this Christmas, like El Piotr, who will celebrate this holiday without his loved one by his side, that promise is everlasting life. They're up there in the place that God has promised. God cannot lie. They are up there with Him. Whatever took your loved one off this earth, cancer, hearts, whatever took them off this earth, dementia, whatever took them off this earth, MS, diabetes, whatever took them off this earth, it had no power stronger than God's power. We wait with rejoicing. It wasn't just Simeon singing, was it? Was it? He was Mary singing, right? Luke one forty six, the Magnificat. When she finds out from the angel she's going to have a baby, and that baby is going to be Jesus, and that baby is going to be Emmanuel, she says, My soul glorifies God. When she finds out that she's pregnant, my soul glorifies God. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. You got Simeon rejoicing, you got Anna rejoicing, you got Virgin Mary rejoicing. You got the angels in heaven rejoicing. This group been practicing for a few weeks. Why those angels been practicing for 4,000 years? It all started with Genesis 3.15. Because I was done this, there's now enmity between me and uh, between my seed and your seed, Satan. My seed will come. Jesus will come. He crush your head. You'll be striking at his heel all the time, but he's going to crush your head. And when he crushes your head, sin and death and the power of the devil will be defeated. Four thousand years they had been waiting, the angels. Pick me, God. Pick me. I want to sing in that choir. Pick me. Pick me. I want to be immortalized in the pages of Luke chapter 2. I want to sing that song. Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Pick me. 
Luke 15, 10, all tied up with the story of the prodigal son. It says this. The angels in heaven rejoice over every sinner who repents. The prodigal son and Samson and Abraham and Moses and Simon Peter and the list is endless and it includes you and me. The angels in heaven rejoice over every sinner who repents. What will the angels do when the one who causes them to repent is born? What will the angels do when the vaccine for sin is presented in swaddling clothes lying in a manger? Shall they not burst with joy? This is the vaccine for sin. This is the power and love that destroys sin and death and power of the devil. What shall the angels do? They shall wait 4,000 years. And when they have their shot, when they have their shot, they will sing as loud as they have ever sung in their life. Unto you is born this day in the city of David, the Savior which is Christ the Lord. I was told to keep it short, so I probably should, right? I asked the uh, first graders three or four years ago in the parochial school. I asked them, what does your dad do? Men are raising their hands like crazy. My dad's a truck driver. My dad's a doctor. My dad's a plumber. My dad's an auto mechanic. And the list goes on. I said, what does your mom do? Hands go up. My mom's a nurse. My mom's a teacher. My mom's an accountant. My mom's a housewife. And then I ask him this question. I say, can anyone else do what your dad does? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's other truck drivers. Yeah. Yeah, there's other plumbers. Yeah, there's other people. Can someone else do what your mom does? Yeah, yeah, they can. And then I said this. I said, Jesus, what job did he have? And those kiddos, six years of age in our parochial school, those kiddos, it wasn't just one, they all knew the answer. I said, what job did Jesus have? They said his job was to die on the cross. I said, oh my goodness. Can anyone else do what Jesus did? Can anyone else do that job? They shouted, no, no one else can do that job. I said, why can no one else do that job? And they said, because he's the son of God. He's the Son of God. And I said, that job of dying on the cross, why did He do it? Why did He do that work? They said, to forgive our sins. Oh my goodness, right? First graders. Oh my goodness. His job was to die on the cross for our sins. Closing word. When the shepherds came to the manger, as we saw last night, live nativity, when they are through worshiping that child, what do they do? What does the Bible say they did? Does it leave it right there? No. Does the Bible say they went back to Bethlehem and took care of their sheep again? No. What does the Bible say that they did? They went throughout Bethlehem and all that region telling other people what they had seen and what they had heard. What is our purpose while we wait? 
What is our purpose while we wait? Not 14 days or whatever it is until Christmas comes. What is our purpose while we wait? To live for Him. To live for Him. Matthew 25, were ten virgins, five were wise, five were foolish. Parable of the talents. God has given us each different talents. Parable of the sheep and the goats. What do we do while we're waiting for Him? We feed the hungry with food. We feed those hungry for companionship with the presence of us. Because we know their loneliness is severe. And we feed them with one other thing. You and I have God. You and I have the promises of God. You and I have the baby Jesus. There are so many out there, including two people who were here last night. There are so many people out there who do not have the babe of Bethlehem. You and I do. Our purpose in word and deed to be ambassadors for that kingdom in our Savior's name. Amen. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.